Hello and welcome to the Simple Medicines Podcast. On today's episode, Hoji will be discussing diabetes with Krishna Prasad. Krishna is incredibly knowledgeable and we are delighted to have him on the program. Krishna did his postgraduate in bioengineering technology and has an MBA in international business management. Currently, he is heading the site biological operations at MJ Biofarm India, developing and manufacturing a range of injectable diabetes products. His areas of expertise include biopharmaceutical operations, business strategy and biosimilar program management, biopharma site management, and lean management. Krishna started his career in Biocon, a leading biopharmaceutical company in India. Within a short span of time, he became a seasoned campaigner in biopharmaceutical operations. Later, he was associated with Gulf Pharmaceutical Industries in the UAE for scaling up and streamlining biopharma operations in one of their greenfield projects. With his deep sense of technical knowledge and business acumen, Krishna has made tremendous contributions to the bottom line of the companies he's worked with. Krishna firmly believes that experience is not the number of years we spend in a profession. Experience is applying wisdom every day, every time, involving everyone. And he has a unique proven formula for success, which is progress equals passion multiplied by planning plus people plus process. We are delighted to share this episode with you, and we hope you enjoy it. Please keep in mind the intent of this program is to discuss the latest medical innovations in patient care. None of the comments in our podcast are intended to be medical advice or to replace your physician's advice. It's important to discuss any ideas, procedures, drugs, or therapies with your physician first. Hello, my name is Hoji Alimi. I'm going to be your host during this program. I would like to welcome Krishna Pasad as well as a guest to our program today. We are going to talk about diabetes, a topic that is very close to my heart and something that I have dedicated a lot of my time over the last 10 years to this topic. Krishna is in the field of bioengineering and he has an MBA in international business management and he's actually currently working for a company called MJ Biopharma India who they are focused on manufacturing and distribution of diabetes-related product, and that includes insulin. Krishna, welcome to the program. Hi, Hoji. Uh, my pleasure to be with you on uh, this most important topic related to diabetes. In fact, diabetes is something which is very close to my heart. Even during my early graduation days when I was studying about diabetes, I was smitten by this topic. And this is one of the reasons why I have chosen to make it as my career path to be associated with a work related to diabetes in my career. Krishna, before we start talking about the topic of diabetes, which is really the main topic we're going to talk about, we are all globally struggling with the pandemic that is caused by COVID-19. Could you give us a short update? What's the general status of COVID-19 in India and how is it being handled? 
in india national wide lockdown has been called for a initial 21 days and very recently it's been extended till 3rd of may now what this 40 days lockdown is going to do is that there is a good possibility that the curve can be flattened there were a few stray incidents but barring that the things are very much in control currently the number of positive cases in india is about 16000 but if you look into it the death rate is only about 3.3% against about 4.6% in us but given the size of the population of 1.1.3 billion in india it's quite an achievement so far we are similarly struggling i should say that with covid-19 in united states with all the economic shutdown Now, almost nationwide the economy is taking a huge hit and there is a lot of uncertainty for business owners especially small business owners and increasing number of people who are filing for unemployment in the United States so it's a major concern and it's an unfortunate thing that is happening globally both for loss of lives and also how it is negatively impacting financially almost every community around the world in line with the discussion about covid-19 some of the reports indicates that probably those who have diabetes or have not such a optimized immune system are more prone to getting infected are you guys hearing the same news in india yes uh, it is uh, quite uh, possible because the diabetic patients have a weak immune system and we have similar reports coming in from most of the hospitals so the diabetic patients are at a much higher uh, risk the ones who are affected by covid-19 clinically the main reason could be that the covid-19 situation can lead to various complications like diabetic ketoacidosis elevated sugar level and dehydration this in association with a continuous inflammatory state can indeed debilitate the diabetic patient and this can put them at much higher risk so all the reports not just in india worldwide they support uh, the statement that diabetic patients are at a much higher risk i'm very science driven so i read a lot of peer reviewed published papers and one of the most recent articles that i read again it was implying that probably the virus may in fact different individuals but those who are going to be most impacted is based on their genetics it's it's a crazy viral infection that everybody's still scratching their head and trying to figure out there are people who get infected show no symptom and then there are people who are infected and they're hospitalized and uh, there's such a variance between the prognosis for different people that is really puzzling so since we are talking about uh, diabetes and I want to jump into our topic of discussion I just want to give a 30 second kind of overview to at least our listeners in terms of the importance of diabetes and paying attention to this topic Number 1 in my opinion diabetes is a global healthcare crisis around the world it's not just impacting united states it's also impacting other developing nations such as in middle east or africa there are increasing number of uh, diabetic patients in 
Japan, which is a very advanced society, Europe, and so on. It's a silent disease, unlike COVID-19, where you actually get an infection and then you have to deal with the acute symptoms very quickly. In contrast, diabetes, when you actually are diagnosed with diabetes, it actually takes its toll on the patient over decades of time. So it's a very silent disease. And if it's not controlled correctly, it actually can induce the incidences of certain types of cancer in patients a lot more in diabetic patients as compared to normal people that they don't have diabetes. As we get older, our mental faculties are definitely diminished over time, but that reduction is a lot more pronounced in diabetic patients, again, as compared to those who don't have diabetes. Blindness, amputations, the list goes on and on in regards to types of symptoms that may develop, including neuropathy in, in some patients, if diabetes is not controlled. And unfortunately, there are many people, for different reasons, they choose to ignore diabetes once they're diagnosed. And that's the most dangerous part of the whole thing. In terms of the cost of diabetes, I want to make a couple points, then Krishna, I'm going to have you speak, is that the cost of diabetes just to the U.S. economy is roughly around, based on the latest numbers, is $327 billion. This is actually an almost 26% increase over previous estimates that was provided by the government. And the market for diabetes-related services and goods in the United States alone is about $45 billion. That's how much companies are generating revenue from sale of services and goods to diabetic patients. $45 billion in the U.S. alone. If you want to compare apples with apples, and if you look at how much the U.S. military is spending to maintain their global presence throughout the world, they are spending roughly around $600 billion annually. So when you look at the cost of diabetes to the U.S. economy, and the cost for services and goods and many other things, those numbers inch very closely to the budget for the U.S. Department of Defense. In addition to that, based on the most recent data coming out, nearly, I would say, almost one-third of U.S. population, they have prediabetes. A lot of patients are walking around in our communities. They are not showing any symptoms. But if they go to the doctor and get their blood tested, they will be categorized as pre-diabetic, meaning they are very close to start developing diabetes. So that one-third of population, either they already have diabetes or they are developing diabetes. So when you look at the cost of this disease, the impact on individual patients, and the number of patients that are now prevailing through our communities with diabetes is just astonishing. One other point I want to make is also people who have diabetes or they are pre-diabetic. What really financially means to them is that they are going to probably retire much earlier 
their years of productivity is going to be shortened and their out-of-pocket expenses for their medical coverage is a lot higher than people that they don't have diabetes. So therefore, it's much better for those type of individuals to have a much better financial planning for retirement as compared to somebody who doesn't have diabetes. So with those points, Krishna, I just want to get your view on the general diabetes globally and then how is it how is that population now developing in india so yeah, i'm personally of the opinion that it's high time uh, a pandemic status is being given to diabetes primarily because there is no country in the world which is unaffected by this problem the main reason is diabetes not just costs a lot on the national exchequer but it is also turning out to be a huge social burden the main concern is not just the diabetic population that we currently have but those millions of people who are still undiagnosed and this is what really poses a big big problem to many countries unfortunately not enough attention has been given to diabetes over the years and this is one of the reasons slowly and steadily it is creeping into a big problem not just uh, to the individuals but to the uh, governments as well it is high time who also looks into this aspect of giving it a pandemic status and at the same time looking at various strategies to not allow this disease to spread than the current uh, rate in fact if you see the prevalence is mainly in the youth and in the urban population when compared to the erstwhile situation where we used to see people in their late 50s or 60s getting affected by diabetes in india which is the second largest diabetes affected country after china today it is 77 million which is about 17% of the world diabetic population and this is expected to rise to 150 million by 2045 This is a really alarming situation, and as I mentioned, the biggest problem today is that it is affecting the urban population, and this urban population is something which predominantly contributes to the economy of the nation. I mean, they are the taxpayers, and predominantly they are the ones who really support the economy. And if this is not considered as a national problem, as a global problem. it is definitely going to turn out to be a disaster a disaster which is not as evident as like uh, covid-19 or not visible but is definitely going to cost every single nation much more than what they are expecting so i second your opinion and i am this strong i am of this strong opinion that diabetes is something that has to be at the top of the head and the most important therapeutic segment which has to be taken up by WHO on a very very serious note and not leave it just for individual nations to find out uh, their own methodology for handling it Krishna you've been in this segment of healthcare for for a long time what is the total market size of diabetes in India today India is about uh, 2.3 billion but what is really interesting is it is growing at a CAGR of almost 18 to 20 percent, and this 
is expected to reach 6 billion by 2025. But the global rate for diabetes, the compound annual growth rate is only 5%. So if you're looking to it being the second largest diabetic nation in the world, India has a huge potential. But the main difference if you look into it is that the Indian diabetes market is only 3.3% of the global market, which is about $70 billion. It is more in terms of the number, but essentially not in terms of the value, because there's a huge difference in the pricing of diabetes products in India when compared to U.S. or any part of the world. So, Krishna, I, I, the last sentence you just mentioned is absolutely key, and I just want to highlight that for our listeners. So, when we are talking about the size of the diabetes market in the United States, and we say, for example, the estimate is roughly around $45 billion annually, versus India, where we are saying the cost of this diabetes market is roughly around two or three billion. It is not a difference in the number of patients in those countries. It is based on the cost of services and goods such as insulin that patients have to pay. So since we are paying for a much higher cost in the United States, which we're gonna you and I are gonna talk about this in, in briefly in this program. That's really the fundamental reason why the dollar size of the diabetes market is larger than the U.S. Is that correct? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It is more in terms of the value than in terms of the population. Uh, as we see that India is about 77 million with about $2.5 billion market size, whereas U.S. is almost $33 million but the market size is way too high when compared to India. And then there are two types of diabetes for those listeners who really don't know much about diabetes. What causes it? What types of diabetes there are? Would you just explain what causes diabetes? What type of diabetes exists? And then we can start talking about insulin specifically. Like most of the world diabetic population, even in India, type 2 diabetes is more prevalent. And as we discussed earlier, this is essentially to do with the change in the lifestyle. And this is what poses a more serious concern because people have over the years definitely have changed their uh, lifestyle. Maybe the eating habits or the uh, social scenario that we see currently, there are a number of factors that really adds to it. One of the major factors that can drive diabetes, which we discussed in case of COVID-19 also, is the stress factor. Stress is known to weaken the immune system and that's one of the reasons uh, that people who have more stress are more prone to diabetes. So essentially, it is the change in the lifestyle, as I would say, is one of the main reasons for higher prevalence in type 2 diabetes. So in terms of diabetes, I just want to make sure you confirm my understanding of diabetes is correct. So <clears throat> diabetes, first of all, can develop due to many 
different factors, including genetics. So, for example, on my maternal side, my mother, uncles, grandmother, and so on, the list goes on and on, they were diabetic. So there is a possibility where an individual has a gene for diabetes. But when that diabetes gene is activated, can be somewhat controlled. So you can manage it much better, prolong your life, live a healthy life, more active, not consuming so much carbs, and the list goes on and on, and managing your stress. So you can actually delay the onset of diabetes. That's one point I would like to clarify for our listeners. The second one is there are three types of diabetes. There is type 1, where your body is not producing a certain chemical that your body needs to process energy, and that's called insulin. So if your body can't produce insulin, then companies such as Krishna's actually produce insulin. You can purchase it, inject it, and that's how you actually maintain your balance of metabolism internally. The second type, which includes people such as myself, who we have type 2 diabetes, is that we actually produce that chemical in our body, but our body is resistant to utilize that chemical. So you have to exert more physical activity, go to the gym, work out, take long walks. That encourages your body to start utilizing insulin and therefore maintain much more normal sugar level. And at the third type, during pregnancy, some females can produce uh, gestational diabetes, which they may get diabetes, but after childbirth, it may go away, but in some cases, it actually stays and it needs to be maintained. So those are the three types. When we are talking about insulin, we are going to talk about this. This is going to be the key point of our discussion, uh, Krishna. Are there any medical shortages involving insulin in India today? Yeah, who is talking about uh, the three types of uh, diabetes? Type 1 definitely needs the injection of insulin for their survival because the body doesn't produce. But the main problem with type 2 diabetes is that since most of these patients have a very late detection, the biggest problem is that it becomes impossible to control a disease just by giving an oral medication. And this is the point where the patients are treated with insulin or insulin kind of products. And this is what is creating a much, much bigger problem. Today, uh, the focus is predominantly on the type 2 diabetes is primarily because it is difficult to control most of these uh, undiagnosed cases or the cases where there is a late detection with an oral medication. Typically, the cost of treatment with an oral medication is much lower than treating it with an injectable kind of a product, whether it is an insulin or a GLP-1 kind of a product. And this is the thrust of the whole discussion. Essentially, if you see, most of the older population, let's say people who are about 50 or 60, are able to manage their sugar level with the oral medication. But the 
age group that we are talking about is in the range of 25 to 40 where being a young population we are unable to control their sugar level just by giving a oral medication and predominantly the population which is in this age group are the ones who undergo a lot of stress and who have a uh, urban kind of a lifestyle which is what is creating a bigger problem uh, that we all need to focus on and address. The third type which you mentioned is about the gestational diabetes. And again, gestational diabetes is something probably which we have not heard of as much as we are doing today probably 10 years back. But of late, gestational diabetes is more prevalent and it is very, very common. And there is a good possibility that close to 10% of the patients can continue and remain a diabetic for their life if not controlled properly. So, in those cases, it has been found that stress is a major reason why most of the patients who have a diabetes uh, during their pregnancy cannot uh, be cured. So, stress again plays a very, very important role. Talking about your question on the availability of uh, insulin in India, as of now, there is absolutely no shortage of uh, any medicine for that matter, even diabetes. So, India primarily diabetes, cardiovascular and oncology are the three main segments and they are available in abundance. Accessibility, yes, sometimes it's an issue in few regions, but as far as affordability is concerned, it is much, much better situation when compared to other Western countries. Krishna, one thing I, I do want to highlight, which I didn't uh, earlier when I was talking about diabetes, is that those patients who are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, even though they take oral medication and, you know, they try to manage it with physical activity. At some point, as we get older, our physical activities, our rate of physical activity diminishes. And so it gets harder. You know, you look at a 60-year-old, a 70-year-old versus somebody who's in their 30s. A 30-year-old can go to the gym and jump on a treadmill and, you know, work, work out the sweat. As you get older, naturally, we as human beings have less energy to do great physical activities. At least that's how in majority of population, that's, that's how nature works and it, it develops. So as type 2 diabetic patients, if they don't manage their diabetes correctly early on, and delay the onset of certain other related prognoses, prognosis or end results such as neuropathy and so on, if they don't manage it correctly, type 2 diabetic patients can become insulin dependent just like type 1. And that's the point I want to highlight for all our listeners so people don't have the impression that there are two different types of diabetes and type 2 can never go on insulin. There are a lot of type 2 patients that eventually go on, on insulin and become insulin dependent. So in what has shocked me over the last 10-15 um, years, since I was personally, Krishna, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, once you're, it, it, it's an amazing experience, and I need to share this with our listeners. 
as a scientist or as somebody who works in the field or somebody who practices medicine and so on, as long as somehow you're related to the healthcare industry, it's a phenomenal experience that you can research a disease academically and treat it as it really doesn't impact your life. It's a very different experience when then you are actually diagnosed with the same disease that you have been studying for a long period of time. And that actually what has happened and transpired in my case. So looking at diabetes since last 15 years or so and talking to other diabetic patients, what astonishes me is that we talked about shortages of medicine, including insulin. In my opinion, there are two ways there will be shortages. One, if you look at on Food and Drug Administration, FDA's website, in relating to, for example, shortages of normal medical device or drugs such as sterile saline, for example, there was shortages of saline in certain hospitals. That can be remedied and some companies can actually stop producing more and so on. The other shortage is a accessibility issue where the price for that medication has increased substantially to the point that the patient itself cannot afford getting it even through their insurance carrier. And therefore, then, even though the product is available in the market, the product cannot be utilized by the patient. And that is now, that's what we are starting to experience in the United States, where there are type 1 diabetic patients that they can afford their insulin. Originally, when insulin was discovered and it was manufactured in the United States, the cost was only a few dollars. But as pharmaceutical companies have played around with insulin chemistry and improved it, and now they have short-acting, fast-acting, different types of insulin is not, is not just one therefore they have to cover the cost of that development and there has been an increase in terms of the cost so the cost right now is roughly around over a hundred dollars a unit for certain types of insulin in u.s and certain patients can afford that because they have to utilize maybe two three vials a month and so there, there have been articles in newspapers locally here that talks about certain patients passing away, young people, these are in their 30s, that they couldn't buy their insulin. And so they were trying to ration their insulin over a month, and that's how they have passed. Are you seeing that kind of a social behavior in regards to insulin, insulin usage in India, or is this just particular to the United States? Let me answer uh, your question. Uh, you have put two questions. The first and very interesting question is about uh, type 2 diabetes and the need for uh, insulin. Essentially, if, if you see, the best thing about uh, diabetes is that the disease can be managed. And it can be managed very well depending on the individual habit in terms of your food habits in terms of your physical activity and various other uh, social activities that you are engaged with. It is quite possible. But what becomes really difficult is the fact that 
type 2 diabetes is something which is prevalent in mainly younger population and we have discussed uh, about it a few minutes back but this is the crux of the issue diabetes is a disease which is affecting people in the age group primarily between say 25 to 40 and this is a main concern that we have to focus and this is where WHO also has to look into it and there has to be a particular approach drawn to ensure that these patients uh, can manage the diabetes based on the oral drug and they don't become too much dependent on insulin. Not just because there is any global shortage of insulin, but for the fact that any injection therapy is painful. This is the first point. The second point, I would like to uh, give you some information based on uh, some of our clinical trials uh, that we have done in the past and we continue to do. In a typical study, especially for type 2 diabetes patients, they show excellent control by insulin and insulin kind of a therapy during the course of the treatment. But there are few patients who completely behave erratically in certain part of the study. And essentially, these are the same patients who have shown an excellent result in the first few weeks of the treatment. And when we go back and diagnose the root cause, we have seen that such kind of a behavior is primarily because of two reasons. One, because of the stress. And two, because of the situation uh, wherein the patient has deviated from his food habits. So what does it say? It actually says that it is possible to manage this particular disease easily without the need for a insulin therapy or even it can be managed easily by means of a insulin therapy and it can be controlled. This is the first point. And then we need to emphasize essentially on this aspect of how to manage the disease of diabetes for type 2 patients by good kind of education, number one, which is very, very important and which is currently lacking, even among the urban population, although there is so much of knowledge available, but there is a sheer negligence which has to be overcome by creating a good education to the patient. The second part of the question, uh, I think it's mainly on the availability of uh, insulin in India and US and the rising prices. Definitely, it's a scenario that has to be critically looked at. Today, the problem is that US is suffering from the price uh, problem for diabetes, especially for a product like insulin. If you look into it, the typical price for insulin, let's consider a regular insulin, which is 100 units per ml, a 10 ml vial. In US, in Walmart, which I just inquired yesterday, it cost about $96. And the same product in a pharmacy would cost you about $185. Now, when you look at it, the same insulin in India is available for about $2. This uh-huh. is a big, big problem that we need to look at. And what we are talking about is this, are the prices which are prevailing in the private market. We are not even discussing about tenders which most of the government uh, institutions, uh, they buy under this uh, condition. And typically, the price in most of the tenders 
let's say in emerging market is about 1.5 dollars for a 10 ml oil now what is the reason that the prices of insulin in us is so high number one is there any difference in the manufacturing process or the technology with which insulin is manufactured for the patients in us when compared to this emerging market the answer is no so the debate and the discussion and the decisions have to be directed primarily towards the prices and it's very very important that this is critically evaluated now it's not just a social burden we have seen how type 1 patients have suffered over the years and most of them uh, had to undergo severe kind of a trauma primarily because they cannot even uh, afford for the insulin and they have to do the rationing of insulin but the issue is it is also costing the nation several billions of dollars so why there is an affinity towards this particular point so talking about insulin the biggest concern that today is to do with the pricing if you look into it insulin is more than a 100 year old molecule the first commercial insulin was manufactured way back in 1985 several decades down the line we still talk about soaring uh, prices of insulin as much as 300% especially in the us one of the biggest reasons why there has been an increase in the price has nothing to do with the manufacturing of the product or the complexity involved in the technology for manufacturing of insulin the biggest reason that we are talking about is the monopoly that has been uh, exerted over the years in us as i mentioned again that the price of the insulin in most of the emerging market is way below 2 dollars whereas the same product would cost you about 185 dollars in us so the government and there are various agencies which are talking about the increase in the prices of the insulin but nothing much has been done so it's high time we it be looked at critically and there is a action being drawn to make sure that the patients not just in us but even in most of the nations including europe should get the same insulin at a price which doesn't create a problem for the government so even if you adjust the pricing for insulin based on what you just said that there are no differences in how the insulin is produced the same exact insulin is produced in India versus in the US so there's no technology difference there are no processes that they are significantly different so even if you adjust the pricing based on labor cost that does not justify taking the price of insulin from 2 3 maximum $5 a unit to over $100 a unit. So I I am in favor of free market. I've openly talked about that. I think in a free market because you allow different competitors come into the market, there is going to be market correction over that exact service or product. that's just naturally that's how it evolves in a in in a free market so in united states do you know 
who manufactures insulin? Are there 10, 20 companies? How many companies are manufacturing insulin in U.S. as compared to in India? In U.S., if you look into it, there are three companies who have registered their insulin. And these are Novo Nordisk, Sanofi Aventist, and Ally Lilly. Currently, there is no biosimilar of insulin available in U.S. yet. Krishna? For a lot of our listeners, I apologize to interrupt you, they may not understand what biosimilar is. Would you also expand on that term? So biosimilars are essentially drugs which are similar to the innovator product. Earlier, insulin was considered as a typical generic which was approved through a different pathway called 505B2. Now, only recently, after 23rd of March, insulin is classified as a biological drug. And until now, there is no copycat of insulin which is available in U.S. So, understandably, there are only three companies in the U.S. which are ruling the roots. This is one of the biggest problems today in U.S. While you look into the global market scenario, even Worldwide, there are only 10 companies which have the capability to manufacture insulin with end-to-end capability to meet the global demand. MJ Biofarm is one of them. The biggest challenge is most of these companies haven't been able to register the product in U.S. Earlier, it was thought that regulation is one of the major roadblocks. But the way I look into it, based on my recent visit to U.S. and talking to various experts in this field, I feel that regulation is not a bigger challenge for making the alternate insulin available in U.S. The biggest problem comes with marketing the product. If you look into the whole structure of pricing for insulin in U.S., it is essentially driven by a very complex methodology which makes the product unaffordable for a common man. Now, if you look into it in U.S., most of these products are available through insurance. And any manufacturing company doesn't sell the product directly to the patient. It has to go through various channels. And the biggest channel that one has to navigate through is the insurance company as well as the pharmacy benefit manager. I personally feel the major, major hurdle that is there in curtailing the prices of the insulin is to cut down the middleman. And this is where the U.S. government has to play a major role in redefining the pricing strategy for insulin so that it becomes affordable. This strategy primarily involves having a different kind of a rebate and the discounts which are given by the pharmacy company to these uh, PBMs. And PBM in turn quote a price to the insurance agent. So the bigger challenge for any company that is going to register insulin in U.S. is not to do with just the regulation, which is a major ward-off, but essentially to partner with a strong marketing company that can navigate it through these two channels and give a unique formulary positioning for their insulin so that patients get the product at affordable cost. 
So this is very interesting uh, in terms of your your perspective on the challenges for having a manufacturer of insulin product in India who is facing a challenge to register in the U.S. and enjoy the free market, you know, philosophy to bring a lower price insulin in, in into the U.S. So you're seeing the challenge is is the the obstacle is not just three pharmaceutical companies that they're holding monopoly but they're holding monopoly due to the fact related to a very complex distribution reimbursement and insurance companies is this correct exactly uh, the issue is primarily to do with the pricing structure and the way insulin uh, is positioned in the formulary the biggest problem is not just registration, but how do you convince these insurance providers to include your product uh, into their uh, list? This is a bigger challenge. So I ran into a very similar situation when a company was actually developing a medical device, very innovative, to replace a very expensive equipment for roughly around $6,000 currently being sold to patients. And they went through a rigorous process that they were trying to develop a replacement to this device that is much easier for the patient, easier to handle, easier to clean, and a lot less expensive. So the current device, for confidentiality reasons I can't mention, was roughly around cost four to six thousand dollars for a patient that the insurance company has to cover. The device that they came up with would cost roughly around twelve hundred dollars to the patient. Better, easier to use, easier to clean, and easier to actually transport. A lot of people have to take their devices with them as they travel for business or vacation. So actually a major medical device company invested significant amount of money in their company. And they got on the board of that company. The company received FDA approval to distribute their product. They were shut down by healthcare insurance companies because they were looking at this as a huge loss of revenue by bringing something in to replace a more expensive device, they are going to lose roughly around three, $4,000 per device. Multiply that by the number of patients in U.S. hypothetically, say if there are 100,000 uh, or a million patients in there per month, it, that's a huge loss of revenue for them. So this is a prevalent kind of a condition that, that's actually happening in multiple segments of healthcare is not just related to insulin. It's fascinating to see your perspective and how kind of describes almost the same issue now related to, to diabetes. So where is your company going from here? Are you guys abandoning the U.S. market because of those challenges what 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 is your specific company currently trying to do? 
before i answer this question let me take you to another scenario which happened in india a couple of years back even before uh, the indian company started manufacturing uh, insulin in india there are actually three indian companies uh, who do the manufacturing within india including mj biofarm two other companies are biofarm and wokhart even before these companies launched their insulin in india the price was roughly about 3 and up to 4 dollars per vial but as soon as the competition came in the price straight away came down to less than almost like 2 dollars and all the multinational companies responded positively to it and they all brought down the prices to about 2 dollars now if you look into it does it mean that these companies which were able to do the price reduction in india have a different approach for manufacturing which they are supplying in india when compared to us the answer is no so when the companies can cut down the prices significantly in india the same thing is possible to do it even in us so the need of the r in us is to bring in more manufacturers who can manufacture insulin and they can supply to the patients and not just make it accessible but also affordable so this is one of the things that has to be critically looked looked at and to ensure that such a thing happens the most important thing is to have a simplified path for registration of these products and at the same time the need of us companies partnering with other companies especially that are manufacturing insulin or insulin kind of a products so jointly they can drive an effort to make sure that affordable insulin is given to the patient so this is one of the things that has to be looked at in talking about mj biopharma yes we intend to register our products and market our insulins in us we as a company are focused on diabetes and at the same time we are working on a range of injectable insulin analogs and glp1 products in fact recently very recently we have filed our us ind for insulin and we have also partnered with another us company for our glargine which is at the ind stage so essentially we also firmly believe that while there are many challenges in terms of registering the product in terms of conducting the clinical trials in terms of the resources required uh, to ensure the product is approved by usfda the much bigger challenge is in terms of navigating it through the insurance and the pbm which i spoke earlier so krishna you just mentioned ind a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with those terminologies so when a company files their application for for producing a similar drug or a new drug with the fda uh, is called ind investigational new drug and sometimes the cost well on average i should say the cost for supporting an ind from back of a napkin to all the way to get to the market could reach somewhere around 2 billion 
that is not the cost for every single product. There are some that cost maybe $8 million. There are some that cost over $2 billion. Is this IND an expense, includes an expensive clinical trial and lengthy trial that requires significant investment for a company out of, out of the United States? And are you guys ready to support that kind of a trial? Or is FDA working with you guys on a more abbreviated trial, less expensive, to help get this product into the market and lower pricing? Talking about the cost of registering the product, yes, it's it's indeed an uh, extremely expensive aside. To register an insulin in U.S., typically it could be in the range of uh, 15 to $20 million. And the challenge is there at every single step where uh, we need to do extensive testing of the product and to prove that uh, the product that we manufacture is comparable to the commercially available insulin in U.S. This is, of course, a big challenge uh, that's going to come. But nevertheless, we see that the situation has partly improved in U.S. of late, especially with respect to the requirements for clinical. We are going to tread on a path where uh, there could be a simplified procedure for conducting the clinical trial. We, we are also discussing with uh, our partners and also with the experts in U.S. to design a particular study where we can do it with a much lesser number of patients than what is required, primarily considering that we have done clinical trials in India, Russia, and several parts of the world. And we have huge amounts of data showcasing the safety and efficacy of the product. But all this would boil down to the discussion that uh, we have uh, with the regulators. Because recently, very recently, the regulation pathway has slightly changed, as I mentioned earlier. Insulin will go through a biological pathway which is called as a 351K route, where a company has to file a biological license application, which may have a slightly different requirement. But nevertheless, uh, we have figured out an approach on how to handle it. The bigger challenge, yes, money is a big uh, issue where uh, you need to shell out about 15 to $20 million for uh, registering the product. But... Once you get through, it is indeed possible to still supply the medicine to U.S. patients at way too low price than what it is currently being sold in U.S. And this is something which we can assure of. As a company, we are quite confident because of our uh, not just our manufacturing uh, capability, but all the resources uh, that we have and in terms of our capacities that can meet the global requirements. I know for a fact that there are many patients in the U.S. that are actually currently buying their insulin from Canada. And so you can see that migration where some patients are trying other desperation to manage the cost of their insulin. They're reaching out to other com companies and distributors outside the United States. So um, Krishna, thank you so much for your time. This was an amazing discussion. You and I uh, 
definitely want to stay in touch. Um, this is a topic very near to my heart. Um, whatever support I can provide uh, to your company and you, I'm always available. But again, I really want to thank you for spending time and educating me and our listeners on on insulin and all the complex landscape, both economically and scientifically, and re- from a regular point of view around this topic. A- any last thoughts before we close the interview from your side? Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot, Roji. It was a pleasure uh, discussing with you on uh, the topics which are even very close uh, to my heart. But what I would say is that uh, diabetes is something which can be easily managed. There is absolutely no need to panic if you have been diagnosed with diabetes. And historically, we have seen directly interacting with uh, thousands of patients over the years. We have seen that they have all successfully managed uh, diabetes. So it is very much possible to do that. The second point is there are a lot of positive signs, especially for the patients uh, back in U.S. I see that there has been a sea change in the attitude of the regulators, in the attitude of various investors who are very keen to make insulin affordable for the patient. So we as a company have channelized all our effort in that direction to ensure that we become a sustainable and reliable uh, company to provide affordable insulin to US. In fact, we are fully geared up in that direction, whether it is uh, beefing up our financial resources or scaling up our facilities uh, to make sure that uh, we are prepared uh, to help US patients with affordable insulin. So thank you, and I thank everyone. Absolutely, Krishna, for sake of saving more lives, I genuinely wish you and your company uh, much success. As I said before, um, offline, I will be available uh, for any support. And good luck to you and stay safe and your family uh, in the face of the whole COVID-19 situation worldwide. Thank you again for joining the program and have a wonderful evening. For more information, please visit simplemedicines.com, where we are building a community of patients and experts to continue our discussion. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also donate on simplemedicines.com so we can continue to bring you great guests and discussions about today's relevant healthcare topics. Thank you.